Well, I think I think the first step for any business always is recycling. That's that's the lowest hanging fruit. That's the first thing that you can do. And and obviously it's getting easier and easier and easier to recycle a lot of products. Some products are very specialized though, and you have to find companies uh, you know that uh, deal in a particular commodity or a particular material. And uh, but that's that's job one for everybody is to find a way to recycle everything that they do. And then of course job two would be to find reusable alternatives to disposable products wherever possible. You are listening to the Sustainably Circular podcast. This show is dedicated to the circular economy and how with a few key changes, you can help create a more sustainable world. No scare tactics, no shame. If we are going to do this, we need everyone actively engaged, on board, and including you. Your host is no other than Andy Streisfeld, who is the co-founder and partner at MEA Health, Canada's first stop for PPE recycling. You are here for one thing, to better understand the circular economy and your role in it. Every episode, we dive into the key issues around sustainability and the circular economy so that you can lead others in this new world. So tune into the show, turn up the music volume, and let's get to it. Good Wednesday morning. This is the Sustainably Circular podcast, this podcast dealing with circular economy and sustainability in Canada and all over the world. I'm your host, Andy Streisfeld. Welcome back to our second part of our three-part series on uh, PP recycling and the circular economy. So we had Shahid uh, from Big Nano. Now we're going to have Barry Hunt from Presentix and from Kappa Organization. And the last uh, person will be Eddie Vega from MEA Health. And uh, that will constitute the three pillars of what PPE recycling looks like in Canada. And uh, we'll go from there. So uh, with us now in studio is Barry Hunt, president of Presentix, if I got, if I pronounced it correctly, and also uh, president of CAPM with the Canadian Association of PPE Manufacturers. Great to have you on the show, Barry. Hi, Andy. It's great to be here. And uh, actually, we pronounce it prescient. Prescient. Okay, very good. So how, you know, let's go, let's go straight. How did that name come about? Um, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. So, well, prescient means uh, to be ahead of the curve, uh, visionary. Uh, you know, having early knowledge of something, and uh, and that's what we try to do: keep our ear to the ground, look for trends, look for technologies, and we uh, always try to be ahead of the uh, curve. And that that is that is true. Uh, you have uh, during the PPE during COVID. Excuse me. During COVID, you developed some really fantastic. PPE. Do you want? To, would you like to elaborate on the on the two pillars of your um, inventory? Uh, sure. So um, we have two reusable elastomeric uh, products. Uh, one is called Breathe, and it has um, you know it's very lightweight elastomer. Uh, it's very comfortable, very easy sealing, um, and it has a reusable. Uh, or sorry, replaceable filters, which is which is fairly common. And then we have a very innovative one called Nanomask, and we're using uh, uh, materials, uh, special materials from Big Nano that are very easy breathing, very comfortable, and we've directly bonded an elastomeric seal directly to the filter material, and uh, and formed the first elastomeric mask of its type that really doesn't look like an elastomeric. And so it's very, very lightweight, very comfortable. And from a reusable, um, you know, from a circular economy point of view, it has a very, very low footprint. Um, on a consumer level, typically you would have a, a product like that 
you might need one per year instead of you know replacing masks on a daily basis or every couple of days. Well, and, and you know, like st- sticking with the circular economy and sustainability, you are planning for the future here. I, I understand that there are new stuff in R and D development. Um, something that is actually you are a part of this circular economy model. Uh, for those listening in the show, um, just so there's some clarity. As a guest host, I don't advertise my business in in, in any way. But uh, for for clarity's sake, both Big Nano, who's a manufacturer of melt blown filters, and the Barry's company, present 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 yes, present, um, are customers of ours, and we recycle their products through the MEA family, and then MEA is going to provide uh, that through life cycle, and then eventually the, the finished goods, the fabrics, whatever is, can return back to the PPE manufacturing core and. The two companies are eagerly interested in in being part of that circular economy. So, sorry, I didn't want to hijack the conversation, but I did want to give you that lead, uh, Barry. So, there there is a future. There is something new that you guys have on the drawing board, and that will lead us into the conversation of circular economy and sustainability. So, what is that new direction that you're heading for? Yeah, so uh, plant based um, products is, uh, I think, where you're probably headed, um, uh, Andy and. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been trying to get away from petroleum-based products in general, including gas-powered cars, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and in a certain segment, you know, shares that view. But uh, the single-use plastics, to, to me, are a bit of an issue. I would love to see more reusable products. Definitely, if you have single-use plastics, to make sure they're recycled. And wherever possible, to replace petroleum-based plastics with plant-based plastics. And uh, so again, obviously, if you can grow the seed material, and then if you can reclaim most of it or compost it, um, you've got a very uh, low uh, footprint when you're doing that. Certainly while the plants are growing, there are CO2 sinks. And um, uh, so that's, uh, you know, it's far better than extracting resources from the ground and then releasing the CO2 uh, into the atmosphere. Oh, you're absolutely right, and I think there's a there's a healthy trend right now, um, both in manufacturing outside of the medical healthcare and into the mainstream, um, of going towards sustainable products like you know, um, uh, the, the plant based stuff, the organic stuff, uh, the stuff that's biodegradable, and uh, so you know that leads that leads us to a question. I know we've had this question with Shahid, and we've had it with other people. So, so right now. You sit in both worlds. You sit as a business leader uh, with your company. You also sit as the president of the Canadian Association of PP Manufacturing. I know that uh, you have a lot of um, desire to see Canada be self-sufficient, and so do I. And, and that's one of the reasons we we started this podcast. And we and I do, you know, I, I comment on LinkedIn a lot um, in regards to that. So, so let's uh, let's let's put something out there for the fans and for the business people that are listening to this, either here in Canada or worldwide, what would be something that everybody in your industry should stop doing today or start doing today? Well, um, I guess to stop buying petroleum-based uh, disposable plastics and uh, and start buying Canadian products. That, that's a big issue. Um, it, when it comes to Canadian PPE, for example, Canada did not have a PPE industry prior to COVID. There were no manufacturers, there were no test labs, et cetera. Now we have a complete ecosystem. We have manufacturers who make products, uh, including new innovative products like from Big Nano or uh, new plant-based um, products to replace petroleum uh, uh, plastics. 
And because you've had years and years and years of having to source your PPE from, you know, from other countries and from large multinational corporations, you have not been in control of the destiny of, you know, where we're going as far as an environmental impact with our PPE. If we buy Canadian, if we all switch to Canadian products now, we're a lot more in control. The Canadian companies that form Capum, for example, Canadian Association of PPE Manufacturers, they're very committed to helping to move the industry, to move in the country to reusable products and to plant-based materials. And so if you switch to buy Canadian products now, um, you will be putting some money into the pocket of those local manufacturers, the Canadian manufacturers, and helping to support that whole ecosystem. And that will transform that economy to a circular economy much faster than virtually anything else. All right. So um, you do have a healthy grasp of what the circular economy is. Uh, I know that you've spoken about this uh, publicly. I've, I've, I've heard your, um, your commentary on CBC and, and in, other, in other groups uh, that I've attended meetings at. So let's, let's just talk about the business or talk about the association for a moment. And, and when you're talking to members of the community, where, do, where within your business or where would you recommend in other people's businesses? that um, their process is to take the first step to implementing a strategy strategy for being circular. Well, I think, I think the first step for any business always is recycling. That's, that's the lowest hanging fruit. That's the first thing that you can do. And, and obviously it's getting easier and easier and easier to recycle a lot of products. Some products are very specialized though, and you have to find companies, uh, you know, that uh, deal in a particular commodity or a particular material. And uh, but that's that's job one for everybody is to find a way to recycle everything that they do. And then, of course, job two would be to find reusable alternatives to disposable products where, wherever possible. And, um, you know, we used to say reduce, reuse, recycle. That, that was the three R's that was, you know, for 20, 30 years of reduce, reuse, recycle. But now there's a lot of other things. We need to repair a lot of the stuff that's out there instead of throwing it out. Like even if it's a machine, for example, we need to share things uh, wherever we can. So not, not every company is buying one of something so that you're sharing a lot of resources. And, but most importantly, we have to plan right from the get-go sustainability into every process that we do. So what are the materials that we're going to use? So we don't want just a, a take it and make it extraction, you know, extract that resource type of a, um, you know, a basis for our economy. We want to find a way to limit the destruction of the materials that we're using so that we can repurpose them or reuse them. And, and that starts with planning ahead and figuring out how we can work cooperatively and collaboratively with other companies and other people. So the materials manufacturers, as well as the recyclers, as well as other people who would be you know, maybe in a in an industry. Sometimes it means working with competitors to make sure that you're reducing the impact so that, again, you don't have to have 10 companies have 10 exact machines, for example. You can have one company that specializes in one process and then nine other companies share that, you know, resource, et cetera. So we need to be a lot more smarter, and, uh, sorry, a lot smarter and a lot more collaborative. I, I get you. And that's absolutely right. I think one thing we saw with PPE um, during the COVID situation was that uh, when the government put out the call for Canadian manufacturing to answer the call, everybody sprouted. That everybody from every sector came up with something. Was you know put in the kitty, let's take care of Canada. And then afterwards, 
you have now all this all this industry, and it's competitive. Competitive not only against Canadian made, but competitive against you know the worldwide um, giants, right? Who always had the business and let let Canada down, and you know uh, who kept us, you know, you know on on uh, what do you call it? allocation lists that we couldn't have enough stuff, and then then you have the PP pirates who came in with like you know fake stuff and and, and all that stuff. So so let's let's talk about two ways. Let's let's move this in a circular way, and let's talk about PP the same way. What do you think? The biggest challenge in this industry will be now, for the next year and for the next ten years. Like, do you do you have an idea? And I know it's asking you to look at a crystal ball, but which I'm not asking you to. But you're you know something because you are the president of the association. You are a manufacturer of stuff. So, for the next year and then for the next ten years, what do you think is the biggest challenge in the industry? Not in circular economy, but in in the industry right now. Well, the biggest challenge right now is is easy. It's breaking the current supply chains of, um, you know, f- uh, multinationals and foreign multinationals supplying to Canada. So um, multinationals and foreign countries had 100% market share before COVID, and now they have 99.9. So there's a lot of room to change. And you can't have a robust Canadian industry unless we can uh, switch procurement of large organizations. So that means federal governments, provincial governments, municipal governments, uh, healthcare, uh, buying groups, hospitals, long-term care, et cetera. So the large, large contracts have essentially gone to the existing multinationals that were there before COVID. And we need to find a way to change that and change that quickly. So that's, that's today's problem is that Again, 99% of the contracts have already been let long-term contracts to foreign countries and, and multinationals, and we uh, we need to change that over. 10 years from now, I don't know what it's going to look like on that commercial side. I would hope that we, you know, Canada continues its lead. We have had more innovation in Canada in the past two and a half years in the PPE industry than the entire industry probably saw in 50 years around the world. So we have the most breathable respirators, for example. We have the a brand new CSA standard for respirators that's the best in the world. We have these new plant-based materials. And so we've just got some excellent, excellent products and innovation. And people always say Canada, you know, is a very innovative country. Innovation isn't our problem. Implementation is our problem. So we invent great things here uh, and they typically have to sell them abroad for a while before they really, you know, come back to roost here at home. But we need to, uh, we need to get the home market going here quickly. And, um, and I would hope in 10 years, Canada is still in a leadership role as far as the um, quality of the products and the innovation of the products and the uh, environmental, you know, desirability of our products. Okay, so let so this is interesting because you know the worldwide statistics right now are showing that with the new strains coming in now and and with weird stuff like monkeypox and you know, the traditional flu seasons and and whatever it is, there is going to be a need for masks. There's going to be a need for PPEs. There's going to be need for some sort of protective um, gear going forward. And that's that's uh, that leads us now to the question of the circular economy and sustainability. Because the, the flip side of the coin is wherever there is need, there's also abuse. So now the question is, you know, when we started this pod, well, when we started the podcast in theory, but when we started the businesses behind like MEA and Lifecycle Revive, 
it was because Prime Minister Trudeau said there were 68,000 tons on top of the medical waste and on top of general uh, PPE waste that was going into the landfill. And every manufacturer who had a government contract, uh, be it provincial, federal, municipal, were asked you know, to, to guarantee that uh, there was uh, some sort of recycling or sustainability behind them. And I'll tell you honestly that I've been the number one uh, condemner of a lot of people because uh, a lot of stuff just went to landfill. Now, the good news, and I'm very proud of being a member of Capum as well, the good news is that under your leadership, a lot of companies who are your members have taken care of the recycling, either produce uh, sustainable stuff or recycle, if not with me, with other people like Vitacore and TerraCycle and others. And, I'm, and I applaud them for, for being forward-thinking people. Now, for you as a manufacturer and, and for you as, a, as the president of the association going now into the future, um, what, what keeps you up at night regarding the climate emergency? Like, what is it, if there's anything, a single thing or a couple of things, what does keep you awake every night about this? Oh, well, for climate change in, in general? Oh, yeah, because, you know, we're doing, yeah, sorry. Well, it, it's, Andy, it's just a travesty. It, it's like watching a slow moving train wreck. I mean, I'm old now, but uh, when I was, you know, in grade five and six, my teacher used to tell us about, you know, um, the population growth in the planet, the drain on the resources, the pollution that was going on. I learned about CO2 in the atmosphere, et cetera. Well, that was like 40, almost 50 years ago. And I mean, it's like a snowball rolling downhill. You get to a point where, you know, you can't stop it. And of course, we're we're at or very close to that tipping point. And um, that's what keeps me awake at night is, is the tipping point. There's so many competing interests to maintain our legacy practice of how do we buy things? How do we make things, you know, extracting things from mother nature and releasing into the atmosphere. And there's so many systems out there that are designed to keep that going, you know, whether it's commercial interests or, or whatever it is. I don't think people understand the importance of homeostasis when it comes to the planet. And once you tip it outside of homeostasis, all heck breaks loose. And I mean, we're seeing it in changes in weather now and, you know, storms and floods and um, atmospheric rivers and all kinds of things that you never heard of before, polar vortex and all kinds of things. And I don't think people understand how hard it would be to re-terraform planet Earth if we push it too far and I mean, generations will suffer needlessly. It'll cost the world economy trillions and trillions of dollars. There's no need for it. We need, and it comes back to collaboration, education, um, you know, everybody working together And there's commercial opportunities there, but we have to work together to make sure that we're, you know, moving things in the right direction. All That's right. what keeps me up, up at night. And, no, definitely. And, and I appreciate that. Thanks, Barry, for sharing. I think the world needs to hear, uh, you know, from, from business leaders and from people who are out there. You know, we do worry about these things, right? These are things that keep us, you know, up at night. They keep us, you know, constantly thinking. So then I guess the flip side of the question is, what makes you optimistic for the future? Is it just what you said now? that we will be able to collaborate, we will be able to work together? Or is there something else that keeps you optimistic? You know, well, it's for me, it's always technology, uh, Andy. I'm a big believer in science and technology. I've, I've worked in R&D and, you know, bringing new things, mostly into healthcare uh, for 40 years. And so I'm a technology guy. And we make so many mistakes in the world that we 
have been fortunate to overcome a lot of those mistakes with technology. It's kind of the back stop for us when we really mess up, you know, um, but, and so I'm hopeful that the technologies will be there in the future that will have the, you know, the vast uh, energy resources without, you know, affecting the planet, et cetera. But it, technology really is the thing I'm counting on because I, I don't see the collective will and the ability to get everybody working together based on what we have to work with today. So I really think technology is going to have to be our savior. All right. So for those of you listening who are in my network at LinkedIn and in Barry's network, we got to work towards technology. I have to say that Barry, um, when we started our business back uh, last year, we started using your UV light tunnel, your disinfection tunnel. That was that was something interesting because I I heard a story that during COVID you made these machines available so hospitals could re-sterilize their N95 respirators because they were having a problem getting shortage. And when we discovered the technology, we figured it in our line of disinfection. So I, I, I got to tell you, I'm glad that you are a technological person because you help our our, our safety and our uh, and our, our protection against the nasties at the at the facility. But your technology is also well well thought out for everybody who wants that. Like I noticed that back in COVID time, they were sterilizing uh, groceries through UV light. You know, so so this was this was something, and you made it you made it affordable, and this was great, and I appreciate that. Right. Well, and and so that's something we've done for for many years. I have a, a goal to get rid of nasty chemicals um, in healthcare. I, we just have a no chemical policy. We want to replace chemicals with uh, photons of UV, for example, uh, for disinfection. We split apart water molecules into reactive oxygen species rather than you know dumping bleach or, or uh, quats uh, you know down drains. And so chemical free and and electronic sensors and surveillance and automation, you know, so things automatically cycle, uh, determine occupancy, flash things, et cetera. Um, robots that, you know, are autonomous um, so that it can be continuously disinfected. So we can do a better job, but again, chemical free. And so technology is, can be good and bad, but, uh, you know, used for the right purpose. It can it can really help move us to a better place. And I'm hoping environmentally as well. Well, Barry, thank you for that. So I don't know if, you, um, if you've if you heard most of any of my podcasts. Don't worry, don't have to answer. Uh, the tradition has always been the first question, but we, we led on to such a great conversation early that I didn't ask the question. So traditionally, uh, I ask a question of all my guests because it sets the tone uh, for, for our conversations. And it's, what is a quote, a song, a lyric, Anything, a saying that you live by that has helped you succeed in your life? Well, it's, it's a quote that, like a saying that I made up uh, for myself. It's, life is short, have fun, make a difference. And you'll see that at the bottom of all of my emails and everything, I've been saying it for many, many years. And, um, you know, it's take time to have fun every day. And, uh, but try to structure your life so that you're making a living doing something that's a good cause or a worthwhile cause, or, you know, try and help the kid across the street or, um, you know, you'll feel much better when you make a difference in somebody else's life. And uh, really that's what we're leaving behind is um, a world either better or not. And that's really what it's all about. So life is short, have fun, make a difference. 
No, Barry, thank you very much for that. I do appreciate it. Is there anything else you would like to talk about and tell the um, the the audience on how they can reach out to you, the best way for them to reach out to you? And uh, we'll definitely have all your information in our show notes. Uh, we'll, we'll even get a headshot of you and everything and have that in our show notes. For everybody. Uh, we're available on Spotify and uh, iTunes. So I'm going to give you the last word, Barry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, you can always reach me by email, Barry at prescientx.com, P-R-E-S-C-I-E-N-T-X.com, or Barry at capem.ca, C-A-P-P-E-M.ca, or I'm on Twitter, Barry Hunt 8 on Twitter. So uh, look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions or, or want to chat about anything, you know, just, just let me know. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Barry. St- stick with us for a second. We're going to come right back. Um, just we need uh, just so you know, the um, you have three weeks left for the giveaway contest. Uh, Eddie Vega of MEA Health uh, started a contest back in uh, end of May at the uh, MDRAO, the Medical Device Reprocessing Association show, where he was going to give away a Samsung 42-inch television. Um, that went on to the Ontario Dental Association show, and now it's open to the general public. So. To be part of this contest for Eddie Vega, and Eddie Vega will be here in three weeks from now, uh, just send an email to info at sustainablycircular.ca. You'll ha- you'll read the, the contest link there. And just say contest entry for television set. And uh, Eddie will, will have a gigantic rolling bin here, and he will pull out your name and We'll put all the emails into a slip of paper and you'll pull out your slip of paper. And if you win, we'll be shipping that out to you. So remember, three weeks from now, Eddie will be the conclusion of this series of the PP Manufacturer Series. We've had Barry Hunt. Barry, again, thank you for being on the show. We had Shahid just last week and, and Eddie will be here in two weeks time. So again, on behalf of everybody here, please tune in uh, to Spotify or iTunes. Uh, friend us, comment us, send any emails to info at sustainable.ca any criticisms any support we'd love to have that and uh, on behalf of everybody stay safe i hope you enjoyed that episode today on the sustainably circular podcast if you love what you heard subscribe to the show on whichever podcast platform you're tuning in from much like this show Andy and the team love getting into the good and the bad and everything in between. So feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show and we will give you a shout out on the next episode. If the episode made you think of someone that needs to hear this message, take a screenshot, send them a message or discuss it with them over coffee. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all in this together. In case you want to learn more about how we can help you with PPE recycling, please visit our website at www.meahealth.ca. Once again, it's www.meahealth.ca. We appreciate you and can't wait for you to join us for the next episode.